Welcome to Women in Chemicals, Women of the Week. I'm Amelia. And I'm Kylie, and we're joined today by Saskia Femba, Business Line General Manager at Ashland for Intermediates. Hello, I'm Saskia. Hey. Thank you for joining us today, Saskia. Today's episode is sponsored by Nuco Logistics. Perfect. So Saskia, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Um, we're really excited to have you and introduce you to our community. So um, love to kick it off to get to know more about you. So tell me about yourself. Um, tell us about your background and how you got into your current position today. Um, well, first off, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I feel I feel honored. And then um, secondly, it's uh, it's not afternoon; it's uh, evening, <laughs> my time because I'm based in uh, in Belgium, uh, Antwerp, and that uh, well, that immediately brings me to my uh, my background. Um, Antwerp is a is a, a big port, one of the largest uh, container ports in uh, in in Europe. Probably also why I ended up in uh, in the chemical industry. Um, maybe not, but uh, here I am in, uh, in chemical industry. Uh, my background is not chemical. Um, I do not have a technical degree. I do not have a chemical degree. I actually um, studied uh, languages, though so I have a master in language sciences for English and, uh, and Russian. Um, when I look back, sometimes I'm like, how the hell did I get here into uh, being a general manager for intermediates? Uh, at a chemical company, but um, um, well, obviously there's there's a whole path. It's been a, a long road. Um, I started off a long time ago with uh, with a small American company as well, and they were into fire protection. Um, I said a small American company, and uh, that was right after I graduated, basically, and. Um, I immediately had that instant click with the, the American. Uh, way of working, um, very hands-on, very direct, and um, I enjoyed it. I stayed with that company for seven years, and I uh, I, I moved. I, I changed to another company basically because of yeah, well, uh, personal life. I had to um, get a little closer, uh, a job closer to where we lived, basically because of uh, of school, and uh, so I joined. Um, a European organization uh, uh, into the, the, the field of, uh, of surveys, um, inspections. And that was Swiss and uh, I did that for, for two years and it just didn't fit like a glove, you know? It just, the, 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 the attitude was somewhat different. So then, um, by then I'd already had a small network um, and, and I got a call one day, I was, uh, I was uh, in the office in the afternoon and I get a call from uh, someone within, within my network. And he said like, um, there's an opening um, at uh, ISP and uh, ISP 10 years ago was acquired by Ashland. So basically that's the company that I'm working for now. And uh, there's an opening and uh, it's for an operations manager. And I said, I don't know anything about operations. Yeah, it's in supply chain. I said, I don't know anything about <laughs> supply chain. Um, yeah, well, why don't you give it a try? And I said, you know what, I'll, I'll do it. Um, also, because I knew that it was an American organization. And I said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. So I had two or three rounds of interviews and it all went like really well. And, and I kept saying like, I don't know anything about operations. 
and I don't know anything about supply chain. And uh, yeah, well, I got second round and third round, and I ended up uh, um, having to do my final interview with the, the European uh, VP. And um, like also instantly, we, it just sometimes you know that it works. He just asked me the, the right questions. I could feel personality wise, it just worked. So I, I, I got the job. Um, and there I was, an operations manager in supply chain and, and no experience whatsoever. But, you know, um, I, I, I um, with a lot of passion and, 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 and drive and everything into gear six, I, I, I took it on. And um, it was a role, it was a new role. So it wasn't as if I was replacing someone, it was a new role. So I could just tailor Make to, to, to fit me, to fit the team. And um, I did that for four years and it was, it was quite a success. Um, but then there was uh, an, another opening within the organization and um, uh, it was a, a 40 or 50% role. And I said like, yeah, two hats, I think I can do it. And, uh, and what is it? And yeah, it's product management. And I said, basically the same, I don't know anything about product management. <laughs> and, and they said, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. So I did the first round interviews and in the second, and I don't know anything about product management. Um, and then I ended up with, uh, with uh, a senior director uh, who later on also became VP. And uh, he said, it doesn't matter uh, if you don't know anything about product management, um, do you want to give it a go? And I said, oh yes. Uh, uh, because he also, he was very passionate, um, um, uh, very driven. He had, he had sort of had the vision. It was a new business unit and no one was looking at it. So we had to, with a small team, all with people, 30, 40, 50%, uh, we had to turn this into, he wanted to turn it into something big. Um, so I joined that team and I became a junior product manager and um, it, uh, it grew then it was the junior was gone I was product manager and um, and then all of a sudden I was global and um, it became obviously so big of a role that it no longer you, you couldn't do it continue to do it in 50 percent so then there was um, ISP um, Ashland saying that look you can get a role of general manager slash uh, European um, supply chain director and on the other hand I had like the funky team with the product management role. And I was like, oh, and the supply chain stuff had a higher salary, but I was so tempted by the other. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll make a decision and, and I'll choose with my heart. So I chose to go with the crazy funky team and, um, and, and, and went full-time 100% into a product management. And um, um, I did that um, for like 15 years. I loved being um, a product manager, global role, because um, it, it, um, a product manager never really has any reporting lines. You need to get people to want to work with you. And it's about communication and about getting people to, um, to, to teach you stuff, to, to talk to you, to work with you. And I think I appreciated that more than just being um, um, the head of a, a team. I wanted to be within the team. 
and um, um, it also worked with my background of languages because as a global product manager, um, I, I saw the world. I went to see all of the global customers. I went to all of the regions, so many countries, but also in the office. I was like, I traveled the world on a daily basis because in the morning I would do Asia and then a few hours later, Europe was up and awake. And then a few hours later, you had uh, Latin and then North America, and you could just do the tour every day again. And it's, um, it's, it's fantastic for people that really are into culture and, and all of the, the, the finesse and the nuances of, of uh, talking to different people, um, different attitudes, um, different styles of communication, but also face-to-face. Um, when you have meetings with, with the customers in Japan, it's very different from having meetings with people in Brazil or Germany. And, and that is still so fascinating. But um, yeah, long story. But then last year, my, uh, my, my then general manager um, uh, took on another role within the organization. So we were left without the general manager. And then they said, yeah, well, Saskia, by now, the obvious um, decision is um, for us to ask you if you want to take the role of, of a general manager and, and we'll find someone um, to, uh, to help you out uh, and replace you. And I, 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 I took it. Um, I thought it makes sense after 15 years um, in, a, in a global product manager role, it makes sense. So, yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm happy um, to be a general manager. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of, uh, of, of that whole path. Um, I'm, I'm a very loyal person. So thankful again that they, um, that the, the, the company offered me this chance, but at the same time, I also know what I'm worth. So I also expect them to be thankful in return and they are, um, but yeah, long story. Um, <laughs> but that's, that, that's, that's been my journey um, so far. And I don't think it's come to an end. I don't feel like, okay, <laughs> I'm a general manager now. It's all done and um, I'll do this until I retire. I, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome way to, to think about your career development and, and where it's still going. I think you've got such a diverse, experienced background and to have this perception of you know this is still like there's still so much to come yeah I think that speaks to the personality that you bring to the table so I'm taking notes while we chat us here yeah. so that's what's happening in the background but um, I've got a couple of things in bold here um, <laughs> because my brain is constantly turning when I hear your story and um, I think what's most like eye-opening to me is that you took on two positions that you had no background in yeah. um, throughout your career so far. And you, you have something and maybe you can speak to it or if you, if you have the ability to be more pointed about it, um, there's something in you and the skills that you carry with you, the, person, the personal skills, your personality, um, your confidence to jump into these positions. So um, can you walk through or help me to understand how you built up the courage or the confidence in yourself to be like, yep, I'm ready for this position. I can do it. I'm going to do it. Um, this is the right next step for me. Um, 
in a time that it was kind of uncertain and you didn't know the the role and responsibility or have experience in it. Yeah, I um, um, I've given that a lot of thought myself also as to why am I always ready to jump? Uh, because that's basically what you're doing. You jump. And um, I was talking um, with some, uh, some friends um, over the weekend um, as we were having dinner. And, and, and one of my friends was uh, also, um, she was um, applying for, for another job and, and she was talking us through it and saying that, yeah, but they are, they're asking so many things and I can't do this and I can't do that. And, and, and I'm uncertain about that. And it's, it's I, I realized I do not do that. I do not think like I can't do this and I can't do that. I'm like, um, I, I know um, my, my weaknesses, but I, not but, I, I expect that someone who um, is out there to give you an opportunity will help you with those weaknesses so that you can um, develop yourself further. I don't think anyone is looking for that perfect match and for someone who knows everything 100% because it's only rarely that you find those people that have everything 100%. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't happen. So you, you also have to move away from expecting that from yourself. If, 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 you're, if you're going out there for a new position, just... It, it's like it's like walking and um, um, tripping, falling is is not bad. Why do we see that as failing? Tripping is not failing. And that's what I think is what I what I have. And probably that also has to do with my background and with my personal life, because there's been many, many hurdles. But I refuse to. Um, um, not even start to do something simply because I don't have all the skills. You just have to develop those skills along the way. And that's okay. I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned facing many hurdles throughout your personal life and you introduced us to a little bit um, offline here about your, your how you grew up and how that has shaped yeah. who you are today. Can you share that with our community? Yeah, so so I was um, um, <laughs> I'd almost say back in the Middle Ages, <laughs> but I was I was born out of um, um, of a mixed couple. So my dad is uh, from African heritage. He was from from both of my parents passed away, but my dad was from Congo and my mom was um, from from Belgium, from from the, the west part of the country, West Flanders. Um, so at the time. And we lived in a small village, like 3,000 people, very small. Um, so at the time, there were two people um, of color. And that was me and my brother. Oh, yeah, three, and my dad. And, and that was it. So um, everyone would always know us, notice us, see us. Um, there was no hiding because, I mean, the colors there, there was no hiding. Um, but also there was lots of, of bullying and pestering. I mean, it, it simply was, um, th that was like normal at the time. Again, this was, this was a long time ago. Um, and and I, uh, I realized that things are very different nowadays, luckily. 
um, but that sort of um, it made me very resilient, obviously. But also the the lessons that I that I got from both of my parents was that, um, and, and maybe that's that's harsh, but they always told me that you will always have to outperform. You will always have to be that tiny bit better than someone else simply because you have color and people will not um, take you um, or your skills for granted. Um, so that was one lesson. And then the other lesson was, um, especially for my, my mom, she said, I want you to always be um, self-dependent and financially independent. Even, even when, you're, when at a certain time you get married or whatever, I want you to be fully um, self-dependent. And yeah, from early age on, those two messages, it was always there. So I was a good student um, because I knew that at a certain point in time, they would be right and it would be um, more difficult for me. That's what I expected from life, that it would be more difficult. So I have that um, part of, um, um, yeah, well, um, part of my um, baggage almost, luggage, um, my backpack. And, and then um, obviously, um, um, well, you, you have your student life and then you, you meet your partner. Um, so I became a mom and, and it's fabulous to, to, to be a parent and, and it's the most um, life-changing experience that you can ever go through, um, which is, I know, very cliche. But, um, um, but nine months um, down the road after my son was born, um, turned out that he came with a, with a, a different manual than most other um, children. Um, so um, we had a, yeah, well, he was nine, 10 months old, and we were told that he was, um, um, would be um, mentally delayed and physically delayed. Um, he was diagnosed with uh, uh, autism, later on also epilepsy. So basically the full deal, <laughs> we got it all. Um, he's, he's a happy, happy uh, child. He, um, um, for those um, that are listening and, and immediately go like, oh, um, I mean, he's happy and he's healthy. He's not medically fragile. Um, but that obviously also changed a lot because I no longer had to fight just for me to um, get what I wanted, but I needed to um, fight for my son and make sure that he would get everything that I, that I felt he was entitled to. Um, daycare, transport, medication, you name it. Um, also that changed, I mean, he's 26 now. So that also changed. Um, we had to fight for everything. And yeah, that's, so that's my background and that's who and what I am. I'll fight for everything. I'll fight for everything. But I hope in, in, a, in a positive way. I'm not putting up fights simply to have a fight, but to make um, life better for the people surrounding me, for myself. Um, and for a community, in the end, it's about a community. Whatever I try and get done for my son serves a community. Um, 
but yeah, well, that's the that's the background, and yes, it does make a difference. And also, um, um, you got me going now, <laughs> but um, um, I think I also wanted to make it clear to um, to young women starting um, that that are starting their careers or um, young moms that you can do it all. It's it's difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. It's difficult, but. Yes, you can have a child and have a career. You can also have um, 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 parents living with you and that need care and have a career. You can have um, siblings that are going through a rough time that are on drugs or alcohol and still have a career. You can do all of this and still have a career. Again, it is difficult, but I believe that you can do it. And, and yeah, that sort of, again, I think that now I've, I've become a bit older. I think that's really what I want to tell um, a lot of um, younger um, people, adults, women, that yes, yes, you can. It's not easy, but yes, you can. I think that's a, a very simple, easy way to carry with me in times where I feel defeated, stressed, or, you know, overwhelmed in, in times. Yep. And I, I really appreciate you sharing your story. I think that I can immediately see your experiences in your life carrying through in the person that you are today. Um, and it's a tremendous person, Saskia. It's been very interesting already to hear your story. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, Amelia, do you have any comments? I'm sorry, I haven't checked in on you. <laughs> No worries. I've just been taking this all in. I'm truly in awe and everything that you've been through Saskia to come out of it with this sense of hope and positivity and spread that message to others. It's, it's very inspiring. So I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and open and sharing your story with our community. I think this is going to be very impactful and touch many lives. So thank you. Yeah, I, I think also, um, th thanks, thanks for, for, for your kind words. I think also that it, it helps to be open and it doesn't mean that you always have to share everything with, with everyone. Um, but what I found in, um, um, in some of the discussions that I had with the people that I was reporting into, that was sometimes you have to say something. Sometimes, um, um, for instance, flexibility. I've always needed a lot of flexibility because, mm -hmm. yeah, well, sometimes you would have to go uh, to doctor appointments or the hospital or whatever. Um, but if you, you, you know that you can make it up somewhere else um, during a weekend or evenings or mornings or nights, whatever. Um, but sometimes you have to um, just open up a little bit. Again, you don't have to share everything, but I think that it's, it, it, it just brings you a lot if sometimes you do, because let's face it, we also spend a lot of time working. Um, it is, it, 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 it'll just make your life easier if, um, if, if you do that. Um, yeah, that's, so, that's what I've experienced. Of course. So to latch on to that a little, Saskia, you mentioned in your kind of pre-work uh, before this interview, um, insisting on 100% flexibility from your employer to allow for you to be able to give back 120% in passion and attitude. Yeah. Uh, so can you help us to understand that kind of sentiment that you carry, your successes in that, and what you've been able to kind of get out of having that, um, I guess, that request of your employers throughout your career so far? 
Yeah, I've um, well, obviously it, it um, that works within the the, the positions that I've uh, been filling. I can understand that it's different. Um, I mean, you can't always insist on flexibility if you're if you're working in a, in a factory, a plant, a lab. Um, people that are a doctor, surgeons. I mean, um, that doesn't work. But um, in in my situation, it did. And and I would again, I would be fairly open um, about that and, and why I needed the flexibility. It's not as if I need flexibility to get um, my, my private, um, I don't know, to, to, I'm not asking for something just for nothing. Um, you, 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 if you ask for flexibility, um, be clear about the reasons why you're asking for it. Um, and, and then, um, I always believe in give and take, but make sure that whenever you get something, you, you give something back in return. So don't make any false statements. So, and if I tell people that, look, I need that flexibility, I need you to trust me and to allow me to organize my work life myself, but I promise you that I will give it back to you um, in 120%, do as you say, and then that works. Just very clear messages and 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 um, um, open discussions with with um, your managers and 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 the team. I mean, everything now has changed, obviously, as well because of COVID. Life, mm -hmm. professional lives have been completely rearranged. So it's a it's a very different um, discussion right now. Um, but I, I think that again, just have those very concrete and open um, conversations. And make sure that you pay it back. Don't just take. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point. So the next question we have, Saskia, is can you help us to understand what is the biggest thing that you regularly struggle with professionally? Um, it probably still is uh, work-life uh, balance. Um, and... and yeah, well, I see a lot of people um, struggling with this. Um, the past 18 months, um, two years have been very difficult um, for a lot of people. Um, the combination of work, life, um, everyone being stressed out, everything's short. Um, the supply chains are broken. Logistics is broken. So that is... Um, um, that is tough. It's it's difficult for me as well. Um, we see that everyone is sort of firefighting, and it really um, stresses people out. So live mm -hmm. work is is difficult. You see other people struggling. You try and help them out. Um, mental um, well being um, is 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 difficult um, for for everyone. So we try and talk about this a lot um, with the with the team. Um, we try and build it in as a safety moments to talk mm -hmm. about mental health. Um, so, yeah, um, it's the same for me. Um, it, it, we've had this, um, this uh, three-month lockdown, um, like now two months ago, uh, two years ago. Um, and, yeah, uh, my son was home all of a sudden, all <laughs> the time. <laughs> um, and trying to work, get work done... Um, and then also constantly having someone, do you have something to do for me? Um, that that was that was stressful. We've we've uh, worked it out, but yeah, 
there's 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 that's the that's the most difficult bit um again the same as for everyone and then secondly um um we've uh, been going through the process now of trying to find um someone to replace my role so the the global um uh, mark global uh, uh marketing manager role and um as we went through the process, first internal candidates and external candidates, um, I, I, I did notice there weren't a lot of uh, women uh, applying. And it's not a struggle, really. We, 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 we found someone now. Um, but um, I, I talked to our um, colleagues in HR also. Why is it that there's so few um, women applying for positions um, with big visibility in and in chemical organizations, and um, again, that is not something that I struggle with on a on a daily basis. But it's something that I notice, and I I'm I'm a bit puzzled as to why we're not getting more women to yeah well move up uh, a little bit more. So a question for you, you mentioned you kind of expressed this understanding or this recognition of a lower number of female applicants. Did HR have any feedback to provide to you as to why that might be the case out of curiosity? No, I think they're also struggling to really understand. I mean, for certain um, positions, you, you'll probably be getting more um, applications from women, um, but no, um, we, we, we sort of shared that same sentiment like yeah we see it it's and and and, and Ashland um, is really on that path to um, um, put a lot of energy and focus on diversity and inclusion mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm um, yeah I, I hope that that we can um, yeah we'll see a turning point in this um, not just within Ashland, obviously, but in, in all of the uh, chemical industry. Um, uh, yeah, there's probably segments and industries where um, you see more um, women and female leaders, mm -hmm. but definitely not so much yet in the, in the chemical industry. Mm -hmm. Amelia, I see you went off mute. Yeah, I was actually reading an article last week about this topic of the words in job descriptions that draw women or men in and like women are more likely to apply to jobs that have the word like organize or collaborate in the job description and men are more likely to apply if design or build are in the job description huh. so i thought that was super interesting because it's not it something that i've ever taken into account and i don't think a lot of people do um and kind of this brought me back to the comment you made earlier, Saskia, about your friend who wasn't applying for jobs um, that they didn't feel they met every single qualification for. Um, and I know there's statistics out there that, you know, men will apply if they meet 60% of the criteria, yeah. women yeah. will only apply if they meet 90. Yeah. So just wondering if, if, maybe there's ways that moving forward, we can communicate that through job descriptions a little bit more clearly to encourage more women applicants. 
Yeah, that is interesting. I never thought of it um, as as um, um, women probably being drawn towards certain words, but yeah, that's interesting. I, I am going to mention <laughs> that to our HR as well. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. I think, and we talk a little bit about how, and, and one of our, you know, true goals within Women in Chemicals is to create opportunities for women, you know, all the way up the development or the career development chain. So I feel like um, as we go up the ladder, there are less women up in these higher leadership positions to start with from the basket of, you know, potential applicants. Um, and so we need to feed that down the ladder, right, and have more women successfully climbing up these ladders so that you have a, a more dense recruiting pool of females that are qualified for these positions as well. Yep. So, um, so Saskia, we're actually coming to the end of our interview here this afternoon, and we always like that to... is fast. This was fun. <laughs> good, good. So we always like to, and I apologize, I said this afternoon again, this evening for you. Um, we always like to wrap up with any recommendations, any good books that you've read recently that you want to share with us, um, any mottos that you live by, anything. So I'll open it up to you for some closing comments. Um, books and, and I mean, I'm very much into podcasts, but um, um, nothing specific that immediately jumps to mind. But um, um, one of my um, um, uh, senior VPs, he would always say, and it always stuck with me, but be soft on the people and tough on the message. And I've always kept that in mind because very often, yes, you have to um, bring people tough messages or tell people um, things that they don't um, really uh, want to hear or are not expecting to hear. But um, bring it to people with um, respect and with the, the, the right um, attitude so that they can look beyond the message and, 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 and come out with um, a positive feeling. So that is something that I've always kept with me, soft on the people and tough on the message. And then there's a second one, which is really very simple, but it's, um, and, and actually I got that from, um, yeah, well, the, the early days when my son was still young and when we just had uh, him diagnosed with autism. And um, it, it, um, it just said, whatever you do, be good at it try and be good at it and I think that also is it's 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 what I tell my son um it, it, and it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't matter what job you have whether you're helping to wash people in a hospital whether you're a nurse whether you're cleaning whether you're a volunteer at the zoo whether you're um, uh, an astronaut a pilot it doesn't matter but whatever you do just try and be good at it because that's also what gives you your own satisfaction and through that you're helping other people so so that one also that is just it's simple I'm simple but those mm -hmm. two two um um sentences um models they, they stay with me absolutely I think there's no better way to end here so Saskia Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you for sharing with us your vulnerabilities, your learnings and your stories. It's been very interested and I can't wait for the rest of our community to hear that. 
great. Again, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, well, I'm here. Whenever you need me again, I'm here. Thank you.